0: Hello, Husky Nation, and welcome to this week's Midweek Mixer. With me is Kayla Olin and Trevor Mueller. Kayla runs fourth and oh, – excuse me, Trevor runs fourth and in inches. Kayla runs Dog Thoughts and On Second Thoughts, and I kind of help out on either of them whenever I can. That's why we call it the Midweek Mixer. We're kind of mixing everybody up. That's throwing throwing everybody for a loop, and I've had several people uh, – I get messages all the time. What about this? What about that? So we're going to go through these questions – and I'm going to try to get ones that are really kind of in more in your wheelhouse. Uh, I'm not going to ask you, Kayla, you know, about the three technique um, and bending a uh, an offensive tackle on, on something, Trevor, that's going to be more your thing. Uh, but sort of some, some overall things. Warren Maynard wants to know, with Sam Heward committed to finishing his career with Kennedy Catholic, how does this impact his chances of seeing time as a true freshman
1: that's for you trevor oh that's for me okay perfect you know i don't know how much it's going to affect him the quarterback position is has changed so much in the kids readiness when they get to school i know his original plan was to come to the university of washington for the spring term but I think with the coaches that are around him, whether that's Tracy Ford at Ford Sports Program, uh, Performance, his dad, his uncle, he's got a lot of people in his corner that really know how to play quarterback. So I'm not really sure. I, I don't think it's going to affect whether or not – it's not the deciding factor The deciding factor on if he's going to be on the field.
0: All right, Kayla. Another question from Warren Maynard. How much control does Larry Scott have in the conference-only scheduling?
2: Unfortunately, too much.
0: <laughs> Those are my exact words when it as I, I respond to them. Too much.
2: Unfortunately, too much. How much he's really going to worry about? Let's be, let's be honest. He doesn't really care about TV sales. That's why we have no contracts with anybody like Direct TV. You have to watch everything through Xfinity, which he's now thrown that out the window as well. So. He has way too much power on it. I don't think he cares about those great games and instead of just getting games on the schedule to hopefully make hope the Pac-12 look better, assuming that there's still going to be a bowl and college football playoff season.
0: All right. Uh, those are uh, from, from uh, Warren Maynard, but he also has another one for you. Uh, Kayla, we're going to stick with you on this one. Or John Donovan, what should we expect in the first season?
2: John Donovan is, he's already verbalized that he wants to play a little bit more conservative. Jimmy Lake wants that aggressive play style. So I think you're going to see more of the middle to conservative, probably not as many trick plays as Chris Peterson era and Jonathan Smith, but he's going to go for things. He wants to stay. He wants the job. He saw very quickly what happened to Bush Hamden not having a successful season, so I think he will be willing to make those adjustments as needed and not really care about seniority or anything like that.
0: All right. Um, And for Trevor, uh, this is from my buddy SoCal Salty, Uh, he wants to know who you think will be uh, the starting offensive line left to right uh, in the first game
1: okay so uh left tackle uh that one's pretty shirt up it's going to be jackson kirkland um left guard mateo melee um center miles morale that's bold yep right guard um PBD and right tackle. Somebody, give me some help on this. I feel like I got the first three.
0: Um, there, there are some of the the guys that, that
1: have been there. Uh, Luke Wattenberg. Yeah, yeah, Wattenberg um, will be on the right. He'll he he has a chance to be a right tackle.
0: Okay, um, and then there's. Um, a-J- I think you
2: right guard. I don't mean to interrupt you, Mike, but I think. Yeah, you're more
0: probably sure. right. And then there's uh, MJ Ale.
1: Um, Henry Banevalu. That's the one. Henry Bainavalu. I believe he'll end up at your right tackle. Okay. Thanks for those um, that, that names. And for SoCal Salty, um, I would love for you to take me fishing someday.
0: <laughs> All right. Uh, Kayla. Uh, this comes off, of uh, from, uh, Mary, uh, oh, excuse me, Molly, uh, Bodie. And she wants to know, uh, she watched your two minute, your, your rule changes. Does the two minute foul r- review rule apply to coach initiated, um, re- uh, reviews?
2: Yes, it still does. The only thing again, that it's exceptional ex- for is say, it's a game-winning touchdown in the final inside minute. They're still allowed to, especially if the coach wants to argue that a little bit more, they'll have to take more of those two minutes. But outside of that, it's still going to be those two minutes.
0: All right. We got two final questions uh, there. One is really fun. I think you'll enjoy it. I want to keep these down pretty, pretty short. Um, uh, we'll start with you, Trevor. Does the conference-only schedule help or hurt Coach Lake in his maiden voyage? And that comes from John Cashman on Twitter.
1: <sighs> I'm, I think it hurts him uh, in a sense that they're not going to get that national, nationally televised game against Michigan. But other than losing Michigan, I think it's great because you're going to be seeing Lake and his new program against the teams all across the Pac-12. And, you know, in order to be successful, you have to be able to recruit the Pac-12 conference uh, footprint well. And I think uh, having more local games on TV in those California, Arizona areas to go along with the, the Washington market, that could pay dividends for Lake going forward.
0: Kayla?
2: Oh, I get to answer that one too? Yeah. Okay, perfect. I kind of agree with you, Trevor. It would have been nice to have that Michigan game, especially because Michigan is in the same boat as we are in terms of who is our quarterback, you don't have a fall camp, you don't have spring training, that type of thing. I think it would have been one of the most even playing fields, almost, in terms of offenses and these two teams, along with their defenses. I think It hurts them as well, especially if Jimmy Lake could go and win that game, get those eyes from the Midwest kids, the Southern kids, especially because Washington is offering people from Ohio State now, right? And so that would have been a huge get, as well as having a couple of those cupcake, as ESPN likes to call them, games to really, after the Michigan game, work out any kinks before going into playing Oregon.
0: Still not over that. You know, this has really been. a, a tough hand that has been handed to Washington, and to to have a, a new head coach, new offensive coordinator, and to not be able to introduce your playbook six weeks before the season, four weeks before the season, uh, they've really been hamstrung. So it's going to be interesting. Now, the other the good thing is that nobody's going to know what they're doing. Uh, I hope they they go play. Uh, everything inside of the indoor Cameron, indoor, not Cameron, but um, the indoor uh, football facility. Oh, yeah. yeah. And, and, and so there can be no, um, no drones spying on the program. So, you know, keep everything under wraps and unleash it. I just hope that they don't have Oregon and then Cal to start out the season because those are two slobber knocking defenses that nobody wants to break in uh, new coaches under. All right. The final question, again, is from Twitter, and it's from Michael D. Martin. Not me, Michael D. Martin. I have two two followers. One is Mike Martin, Michael D. Martin. But uh, we're going to start with you, Kayla. What is your favorite game memory from Husky Stadium?
2: I would say rushing the field after that Stanford game. Being there as a student, I was with my sister, my best friend, and the electricity, it was a night game, it was Friday, it was so exciting, all eyes were on us, knowing that, you know, TV cameras were the Friday night game of the Pac-12, everyone's watching, you expect it to be such a good game, and then going in as underdogs, and just destroying them, and stopping Bryce Love at the time, it was amazing and then of course being able to climb over that fence and celebrate with the team coaches you were there Mike even you know the goosebumps that you were getting watching that game and nothing beats that
1: Trevor I hate to do this Kayla and I've been doing this most of the time today I got to go with that one too um i i took the day off of work that day i came up with my dad and my best friend and we had a great time before the game the electricity leading up to that that friday night game nationally having you know a a top tens going at it for the first time and you know since you were young which was a long time ago and uh having having it go the way it did so quickly having it so loud was such an amazing experience that, uh, you know, you'll never forget.
0: For, for me, uh, I, I'm really struggling to figure out which one I want to do. But I tell you, both of you picked uh, a game that when I talk to uh, a lot of the former players, uh, they all point to that Stanford game as the favorite game that they ever played in. Uh, any Anybody in, in any uh, of the time frame in the last – uh, six or seven years, and players that had played before, they all said, I wish I would have been on the field for that Stanford game. And for me, it goes beyond what happened on the field uh, because for me, I got to go down. Uh, Kyle Waltos and I, we went uh, we went to the elevator from the press box. We went down to the field. We went down onto the field, and it was the same uh, series of downs, not series of downs, but the same uh, possession for Washington. And they just absolutely clocked Stanford. And to get down there onto the field, and you could tell everybody was just, wait, can we just stop the clock now and just rush the field? They were ready to do that uh, early on. But to stand there with Jen Cohen and watch her just soak everything in to where she, she I think she was transported back into 1983 and 1984 and the crowds that never sat down. And so for for everything that I saw, but from up in the press box, I'll try to find a video and I'll try to attach it to this. uh, There's a, there's sort of a vapor that kind of goes over where Coach Pete's office was now Jimmy Lake's office. And you can see this mist just kind of form over that area, and then all of a sudden, it just evaporates, and it's sort of like the cloud that had been hanging over Washington's program, the ghosts of so many uh, bad games uh, on that field for the last several years had just kind of gone up and away, and that was sort of vanquishing the ghosts of the past, and where I really felt like the stamp for the future was put onto the program at that day it was a new identity it was a new program it was a new philosophy and we introduced a lot of new fans to what the power of husky football really is
2: yeah stadium holds seventy thousand. there was 72 in there it was something that all season washington was hearing has a cupcake schedule you know announcers were on the field with their cupcakes and that was, I think, when we say death row dogs and out for blood, that's what it was, was fans were out for blood against Stanford. Players wanted to prove themselves that they were a top four team and that they could hang with the big boys. And like, like you said, it was, it was a turning point for me too, even as a fan.
0: And I'm just going to fact check you real quick, Kayla. Wasn't that Christian McCaffrey, not Bryce Love?
2: Yes, thank you. <laughs>
0: all right that will do it for this week's midweek mixer we have a lot of other questions that we'll try to get to next week thanks for tuning in for kayla olin on my camera on my screen you're right here trevor Mueller's right here go dogs go dogs
2: go dogs